0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. In a world that's perfect, lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your first place Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network streaming on Sirius XM and TuneIn Radio. I am Sam Marcoux. Chris Cullen is on assignment. And wow, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to first place, ladies and gentlemen. The Miami Dolphins are on a bye this week, but that doesn't mean that you have to stop betting because basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the latest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag today to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts. Now with that out of the way, let's get into the actual show, the heart of it all, ladies and gentlemen, the Miami dolphins seven and three winners of four in a row going into the bye week, uh, sole possession of first place. Thank you to the Minnesota Vikings who beat the Buffalo bills in dramatic fashion this past weekend. Um, As I said on the Finstant Reaction Show earlier this week, really hard to complain about anything Miami Dolphins right now. I mean, the head coach seems to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, The quarterback is ungodly right now. Tyreek Hill is on another planet. Jalen Waddell is right behind him. Uh, The running game came alive this past weekend against the Browns. The offensive line has kept Tua Tungabailoa clean ever since they started getting healthy, and we kind of reshuffled the deck in terms of some interior and exterior linemen. Uh, The defense got themselves a takeaway, a rare takeaway this season. Um, uh, Bradley Chubb has fit right in. He got his first at least half sack for the Miami Dolphins against those Cleveland Browns, against a pretty good offensive line, by the way. Um, other than maybe Jason Sanders and the issues that we have with the kicking game, it's it's all good in uh, South Florida right now. I mean, <clears throat> you can't really complain. The bye week is hitting at the right time or hopefully we can get a little more uh, health for the guys like Xavier Howard who has been struggling with a groin injury all season long that extra week is probably going to help him uh, just get ready for that final stretch uh, Teron Armstead's been dealing with that toe uh, he's been battling through it he's been a warrior but you know getting that extra rest for him uh, having two weeks to game plan against the Houston Texans uh, I mean Houston is we'll talk about that more next week um, they're not a doormat they tend to have the Miami Dolphins. Um, Number over the years, but man, there's not a lot of talent on that team right now. And I think the Miami Dolphins are just in such a place that this should be um, quite the large margin of victory, maybe even more so than this Cleveland Browns game. Uh, As I said the other day, this Browns game, this victory, 39 to 17 was the game that everyone's been looking for that game, that comfort game where, you know, you can kind of rest and relax and know that the game is in hand early or at least mid second half um you win by 22 points against the team that is in the afc pretty much knock them out of playoff contention along the way by the way and uh, set yourself up for the stretch run of seven games where you've got three on the road uh san francisco los angeles then buffalo that's a that's a tough stretch and then you have some very winnable games um the packers on christmas um i think the jets is still a game that uh, is very winnable And then, of course, you've got the the Houston Texans and uh, the New England Patriots on the road uh, towards the end of the season. So you are looking at a team that, if I'm just looking at it on paper, it seems reasonable to think that the the, the floor here is going to be 10 wins. I think you could probably look at this and say, well, we're going to beat the Packers. We're going to beat the Texans. So there's nine right there. And you're probably going to at least beat the Patriots again. Um, There's 10. Now, the Chargers, I don't think the Chargers are as good as they should be. To me, that's probably 11. Uh, the, Niners, the, the Niners have a lot of weapons. The Niners have a good defense. I think their record is um, not conducive as to what their actual talent is, but they haven't quite figured everything out yet. Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to hold them down. If you saw that game this past weekend against the Chargers, uh, the first half of that game was just god-awful. If you're a Niner fan, you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> we haven't figured this out yet. But you look at this, it's on the road. It's going to be a tough matchup, but... You could see the Miami Dolphins win in that Niner game. Beating Buffalo in Buffalo is going to be tough. I mean, I know we're going to bring the sun with us, so we have that tactical advantage, but uh, that's going to be tough if they're firing on all cylinders, although right now they're not. So I'm looking at this and I go, okay, realistically, I think the Miami Dolphins could probably be penciled in for 10 wins for the season. And that's probably enough to get you to the playoffs. It's not going to be enough to win the AFC East, but it'll get you into the playoffs, which is exciting, especially with a first-year head coach, especially with everything that's been surrounding this team over the last couple of years with regards to Tua Vailoa. Getting to the playoffs would be fantastic. Getting a home game in the playoffs would be fantastic -er. And in order to do that, I do think the Miami Dolphins are going to have to win 12 games. Now, the Miami Dolphins have not won 12 regular season games <laughs> in a very, very long time. I want to say it was probably the early 90s, the last time they actually went uh, for 12 wins in a season. So getting the 12 wins is going to be a tall task. That means you're going uh, five and two over the last part of the season. But it is realistic. I think it is there. I mean, especially if the health continues to improve on both sides of the ball and we continue to get even better in terms of game planning. I mean, you can see a tangible difference with this team right now. With regards to even coaching, um, some of the play calling is still suspect on fourth down, but I think the decisions are right. And the penalties have gone down, and the execution in terms of defensive and offensive line play has gotten much better. So this team is gelling. Um, I think they've made some really, really tough decisions on the defensive side of the ball in particular. You know, you go out and you get Bradley Chubb. That's basically you saying, we can't play the defense we've played for the last few years. We got to adjust. And it doesn't, it, it sounds easier than it actually is to switch your defensive scheme, especially mid stride like that. But, you know, there were some growing pains, but I think they've kind of figured it out. And you look at the type of quarterback that we're going to be playing against for the rest of the season, minus Josh Allen. And it's a lot of statues, guys. It's a lot of guys that are going to just stand there and look to complete the pass. You know, we don't have a Justin Fields, you know, we don't have Lamar Jackson. We have Josh Allen, but we don't have these other guys that uh, run around and create, you know, kind of sandlot football, I like to call it. We struggle with that. We've always struggled with that. Most teams struggle with that because it's it's hard to predict the unpredictability of that type of player. When you got those freak athletes that can just take off and run and they've got like four, three speed and just can, you know, fire off 60 yard Q, QB scramble touchdowns, you know, in, in four seconds, uh, that's hard to defend. But the Miami Dolphins, I think, are done with that for the season, at least in the regular season. And now you've got a pass rush with Jalen Phillips. You've got a pass rush with Bradley Chubb, Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, you know, all these guys up front, uh, Melvin Ingram, that really are going to feast, in my opinion, on these uh, statuesque type quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting to see. But uh, this victory against the Browns was complete uh again hard to complain at all um we are into the bye week and uh i thought it might be f- kind of fun coming up in segment number two to uh give out some almost mid-season awards so we're a little bit beyond mid-season but uh i think we have enough especially since there's no game to preview uh to look at who are the mid-season MVPs, uh who are the least valuable players Uh, What's the play of the year, game of the year so far? Uh, A lot of these could change based on the last seven games, of course, but uh, hell, we got to fill content. I have a contract, ladies and gentlemen. So we will do the almost mid-season awards for the Miami Dolphins. And uh, something else I just want to point out before we do that, I'm going to spend a little bit of time here, invest into the uh, Tua Tungavailoa conversation. I said the other day, I I think the narrative of Tua haters – is now gone. Most people, even the most staunch people who dislike Tua Tungavailoa and probably dislike being wrong even more so, have come to the conclusion that they were wrong and that Tua Tungavailoa is him, as the kids like to say. There's a few out there that are still holding on to that hope, and that's what it is, hope that he somehow backpedals this season. I don't see that happening. But for the most part, I think the national media, the local media, the fan base has come to the conclusion that, no, Tua tunga wasn't the problem. The coaching staff was the problem. The lack of talent around him was certainly a problem. That's all been resolved, and you're seeing those net results, tangible results. I mean, if you look at Tua tunga stats, anything that means anything with regards to quarterback play, including wins, by the way. Uh, He's like number one across the board. Uh, His number on his jersey is not just to identify him on the field. It's his ranking in terms of QB play throughout the NFL. I mean, he really is that guy right now. And if you watch him play, he's playing loose. He's joking around with his teammates. He's throwing touchdown dots to people like Trent Sherfield, and then dancing basically just kind of fooling around on the field afterwards because he is feeling it. He's feeling every part of his game right now, and rightfully so. I mean, it's got to be a release for somebody like him who has been under so much pressure from the media, from fans, from his coaching staff, uh, from his family. Let's not forget the fact that this is a guy who, if you watch that documentary on Tua Loa, was pretty much anointed the guy who's going to bring his family to the next level of you know, fame, fortune, everything else. Do <clears throat> you think pressure from South Florida media is bad? Try being the guy that's got to save your family. So, it doesn't surprise me that the young man is resilient. It doesn't surprise me that he's able to bounce back and perform the way we all know he can perform. Um, shout out to Nick Hicks. And again, you know, it, he went, he 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 grew under the Nick Saban tree. You know, he grew under these hard-ass coaches that kept him and held him accountable, um, maybe even more so than they should have. Um, And it turns out that's not even the best way to actually talk to Tua Tungavailoa. The best way to communicate with him is the Mike McDaniel approach. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out the mic'd up uh, of, of Tua Tungavailoa against those Cleveland Browns. Check out the interaction of him, Tua. And Mike McDaniel on the sidelines. <coughs> Look at them collaborate in real time. Listen to them talk about what is happening on this team while the defense is out on the field. So they're having basically in-person meetings while the game's going on. And it's not like they're not paying attention because they will stop when a play is happening and dissect what's happening in real time with their defense. But it's, it, it is an amazingly strong relationship and it's everything that Mike McDaniel told us it was going to be and showed us what it was going to be from the time he got on that plane until he called to of Iloa and told him, my job is to unleash all that potential that you have and make you the best version of yourself. And I think we're seeing that. I know we're seeing that. So I think the narrative for all the, all the, all the people that have been staunchly defending to of Iloa over the years, and rightfully so, is now dead. You won. We won. We all win. So take your victory lap and bury it. Put it off to the side. Let's find a new narrative. You know, maybe we can focus on this kicking game. Maybe we can uh, you know talk about Tyreek Hill or talk about Raheem Mostert or talk about anybody else other than the fact that you want to just basically dunk on all these Tua haters. The Tua haters have been dunked on. They're out of the game, they're in the locker room, getting ice on their shoulders and their ego. The Tua haters have lost. The two in ears, two and on, all the Tua fans. You won. So round of applause to everybody who was loyal to the quarterback, loyal to the core. Well, let's not be poor sports about this, right? Let's not be poor winners. We won. And because of that, our team is winning. And because of that, we're probably going to the playoffs. And because of that, I'm probably going to make a bunch of money because I bet to see the Miami Dolphins into the playoffs. So we won. We win every single time he completes a pass. Every time there's a touchdown, every time there's a first down, you win and let the game let Tua do the winning for you. Because the best thing that can happen to the Colin cowards of the world, the Chris Sims of the world, is for two to go out and continue doing what he does. So let it go. Move on, be happy. No reason to be uh, no reason to be a poor sport. I guess that's the lesson of the day here in the town of Perfectville. By the way, you are listening to Welcome to Perfectville as part of the Believe Network, streaming on Sirius XM and TuneIn Radio, as well as a bunch of other areas. And you can get this podcast just about anywhere these days, Stitcher Radio. Apple Podcasts, of course. Uh, shout out to Apple Podcasts. They've been uh, they've been our ride or die since day one. And we've been doing this, what, uh, almost seven years now. January will be seven years, which is amazing. Seven wins, seven years. Lucky number seven all the way around. Uh, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go pay some bills. Come back. And we're going to do the almost midseason awards for the Miami Dolphins right after these words. The 2022 season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen, and you need all the Miami Dolphins swag you can get in order to support this team on their quest to get back to the Super Bowl here in 2022 slash 2023 and you can get all of this at amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com that's right ladies and gentlemen just go to welcome to perfectville.com click on the Amazon link and it's going to take you to your regular Amazon you know Amazon I shop at Amazon you shop at Amazon everyone shops at Amazon but if you go there by going to, welcome to first. You help out the show a little bit with every single purchase that you have. No hidden fees, no extra charges, just your regular amazon.com shopping experience. But because you go to to welcometoperfectville.com first and click through, you help the show out. And who would want to help us out? Chris is a good guy. I'm a good guy. We're a good podcast. Help us out. Go to amazon.com, do all your shopping by clicking through on welcometoperfectville.com. And we thank you listening to us and we're back sam marcu welcome to Perfectville, part of the believe network streaming on sirius xm and tune in radio chris cullen on assignment so you're stuck with just little old me ladies and gentlemen uh the man the myth the legend sam marcu and we are talking all things miami dolphins the almost mid-season awards are upon us i put on my uh my fanciest non-pants and here we are talking all things i've got eight awards you to digest you can play along at home tell me I'm right tell me I'm wrong I don't really care I'll just uh let it roll off my shoulders the way two let all those haters hate on him for two years and let it roll off of his shoulders first award offensive player of the year so far and I think everyone thinks I'm gonna go with QB1 considering segment number one but I am not I'm going with the other obvious choice number 10 wide receiver Tyreek Hill offensive player of the year so far uh taking a look at these stats you guys know all the stats he's on pace for just under two thousand yards most likely I'm willing to bet he's going to get two thousand yards on the season barring any sort of crazy injury um the guy has been a game changer for the Miami Dolphins on offense culture wise he's also been a game changer uh this is the guy this is the guy who started this wave of positivity for the for the Miami Dolphins with regards to um to a tongue of a I guess you could say Mike McDaniel started it really but The day Tyreek Hill showed up in South Florida as a member of the Miami Dolphins, he brought with him not only a resume that you can stack up against any other wide receiver in the league right now, but he brought with him a bunch of street cred to say, I'm here to play with Tua Tunga-Vailoa. I'm here to win, and I'm here to be basically the face of this franchise. And he has been everything and more for the Miami Dolphins here as the offensive player of the year so far. Uh, Again, over 2,000 yards is is what he's on pace for. I think he's got four touchdowns on the year, which you look at and go, well, that's not a whole lot. But you know what? That's because Tyreek's getting us pretty much all the way down there, and then we're either running the ball in or throwing it to Jalen Waddell. Um, He's going to have close to double-digit touchdowns by the end of this season. I have a feeling this guy's going to go off in the second half in terms of scoring. Uh, He's certainly not going to slow down. Uh, I think he's 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 taken the bye week to go to the Bahamas and uh, sip on some mimosas, and again, rightfully so. Uh, but this guy, especially against the Houston Texans, we'll talk about it more next week. My prediction is you're going to see some staggering numbers against the Houston Texans for Tyreek Hill. Um, and it's not, again, it, the way they're utilizing him. It, it's not just him on the outside. You know, Everyone thinks of Tyreek Hill and the speed, that he's just going to catch long bombs all the time, and he's done that, but they're lining him up in a slot. They're lining him up on the outside. They're lining him up as basically a wingback in motion, you know, close right off the side of the tight end, and he is running the entire route tree. He's running crazy good routes, crisp routes. He's throwing his hand up saying, I'm open. Even when you look at it, it looks like he's got three people bracketing him. And what do you know it? Tua throws the ball and Tyreek Hill is open. He's going up and fighting for the ball uh, when they are contested balls, right? When he isn't completely wide open, running free. And then, oh, by the way, if you saw in this Cleveland Browns game, Not only is he catching the ball, not only is he getting first downs, not only is he getting touchdowns, he's also blocking like a madman in the run game. I mean, he was the guy that blocked to help get our fullback Alec Ingold in on that receiving touchdown, the first touchdown of the game. If you watch that again, him and Jalen Waddle on that side are blocking their asses off to make sure Alec Ingold had an opportunity to get into the end zone, which is exactly what he did. And then, of course, he comes back late in the game with Jeff Wilson Jr. And is basically leading the convoy, telling Jeff right this way, sir. The end zone is right over here, and he's blocking while he's actually celebrating, which is just insane to me. Um, Tyree Kill, offensive player of the year so far. Congratulations, Cheetah! I'm sure this award from the Perfectville um, town is is going to go right on the mantle, right next to all the other awards that you're probably going to win by the end of the season. Uh, But this will be first and foremost. Uh, All right, moving on. Defensive player of the year so far. Now. It's no secret that the defensive side of the ball has been a challenge for the Miami Dolphins, um, but I do think they're ready to uh, turn this thing around, and you're going to see a much healthier, much more dynamic defense in the second half of this year. Uh, But let's not pretend that we haven't had good players, uh, individual performances so far this year. And the defensive player of the year for me is going to be Christian Wilkins. That's right. Pay that man. Uh, The first draft pick of the Brian Flores era has continued to flourish with the Miami Dolphins. If you look at that game against the Cleveland Browns, Uh, It might have been the best game he has ever played. I mean, that guy was not only getting to the quarterback, but he was stuffing the middle. He was making it insanely impossible for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the best wide running back duo in the league, at least up to this point, uh, from breaking loose and getting out and, and, and wreaking havoc against the rest of the Miami Dolphins defense. He's been so good that he actually made the linebackers look competent in that game. Uh, And that's really been him day in, day out, week in, week out. He's Mr. Consistent out of there. He's also one of those guys, if you look at the overall culture of the Miami Dolphins and how loose they are, how they're joking with one another, how they're supporting each other, Christian Wilkins has been that guy since the first day he showed up in Miami Uh, Every time he's mic'd up, it's entertaining. He's getting under the skin of offensive players when he's out on the field. Um, He's actually out on the field every single time a Miami Dolphins player scores a touchdown. You see Big 94, first person picking up Jalen Waddell or, you know, jumping on top of whoever that scores. Uh, He is a glue guy. He is a very dynamic personality, and he is going to get himself a nice little pay raise after this season. I hope it comes from the Miami Dolphins. I feel like it will. Uh, But your defensive player of the year so far, 94 Christian Wilkins congratulations buddy all right the newcomer award this is going to the person that uh, was not on the team up until this season and uh, they've shown up and balled out and quite frankly (laughs) I feel like this guy's going to be getting a lot of awards but uh, he's already gotten one on the show in this segment but uh, it's got to go to Tyreek Hill right (laughs) I mean, it can't go anywhere else other than Tyreek Hill. Uh, for all the reasons that he's the Offensive Player of the Year so far, he is also the Newcomer Award winner here in the town of Perfectville. He is now a two-time, yes, two-time award winner here right in this segment. Uh, he's coming for you, Chris. He's trying to get that Hall of Fame jacket and uh, see if he can't get three of them. Uh, honorable mention to some very, very newcomers, Jeff Wilson Jr., as well as Bradley Chubb, but no. And Trent Sherfield I think, could be on that list. Raheem Mostert is on that list. But uh, for all intents and purposes, we could almost call this the Tyreek Hill Award because I don't think anybody has ever made this much of an impact on one team <clears throat> coming from another team uh, quite like Tyreek Hill has. So, uh, congratulations once again to Tyreek Hill. Um, now, let's get into some other awards here. The Unsung Hero Award. Uh, this is going to the player that you know maybe doesn't get the praise that they should. Um, But has done so remarkably well and helped this team just get that much better that, uh, quite frankly, we probably should be giving them more praise. And this is going to go to uh, an offensive lineman. That's right. Offensive lineman, ladies and gentlemen, Um, this is going to go to the guard slash now center connor williams um there was an experiment that happened here in the offseason we signed connor williams and we all thought oh good connor williams with trent uh, trent williams with uh, teron armstead is now you have your left side done because connor williams other than being highly penalized is the guy that was playing left guard for the dallas cowboys and played it quite well uh well we took that and said we're going to play him at center which wasn't the worst idea in the world dallas had explored it before uh, but a lot of people question that move. A lot of people thought, man, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What is Mike McDaniel and this offensive staff doing? Well, it turns out they know what they're doing because Connor Williams has been one of the highest ranked centers all season long. Um, he's had a couple of high snaps here and there, but for the most part, along with his cohorts on the inside and outside, has blocked very well has kept Tua and other quarterbacks clean, and he's getting the ball to the appropriate person in terms of snapping it. So uh haven't seen a lot of issues with his snaps other than a few high or, or, you know, those, again, he's better than I think anybody expected. And in terms of his actual blocking and pass blocking and run blocking, phenomenal. So congratulations to Connor Williams, the Unsung Hero Award. There's a bunch of people that could have had this. Zach Sealer, I think, uh, is somebody that uh, he does get his just amount of praise, I suppose, Probably you could give him more if you really wanted to. Javon Holland, um, not having a big gaudy stat year, but he has been a glue guy, especially in a really banged up defensive backfield uh, for the Miami Dolphins, much more so than even Xavier Howard at this point. Uh, But no, it's going to go to Connor Williams, the Unsung Hero Award. Congratulations to Mr. Connor Williams. All right, moving on. This is an award that you probably don't want to win. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't the award that uh, you you hang on the mantle. It's probably thrown in the basement somewhere. But nonetheless, it's an award that we are giving out. And this is the biggest disappointment award so far. And uh, this is actually a tie, ladies and gentlemen. This is a tie. And this is uh, first and foremost, the first person that gets this award. I think everybody knows who it's going to be. And of course, that's going to be Jason Sanders, uh, mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders, King Sanders, whatever you want to call him. Uh, The guy just simply hasn't performed to the level of his contract. In fact, if you cut his contract in half, I would argue he still hasn't performed. He really has two jobs, not one, but uh, he is to kick the ball out of the end zone on kickoffs and he is to kick the ball through the uprights on field goals and extra points. And he isn't doing a very good job in either of those arenas. If you look at this, uh, this Miami Dolphins special teams unit, especially on kickoff coverage, it has been poor. Uh, we gave up, I think, the only return kick- kickoff return all season. That was to Devin Duvernay um, uh, of the Baltimore Ravens. The only kickoff return touchdown of the season. Uh, that was against the Miami Dolphins week two. That's how the game started. We kicked the ball off. He didn't get enough into it to get it as a touchback. And what happens? Devin runs it out, scores a touchdown. And then, of course, we know what happens with the rest of that game. And then, if you look at this last game against the Cleveland Browns, um, same thing. He doesn't kick it deep enough into the end zone. They're able to take it out and get all the way out to the 50-yard line. And then from there, four plays later, they score a touchdown. Uh, Those are failures from the get-go by Jason Sanders to not get that ball all the way through. you got to get at least five yards deep. Once you get it five yards deep into the end zone, they're taking a knee or they're letting that ball bounce and you stop that from happening. Um, And we know we can do it because he comes out and does it again. So I don't know if it's a matter of concentration or if it's a matter of execution of how to kick the ball at the start of the game. I'm not sure, but that to me would fix a lot of issues. And it's one of those things where it probably would go unnoticed other than the fact that every time he doesn't do it, we get caught. and and it becomes a problem. Now, the bigger problem, of course, is he's missing extra points. He's missing chip shot field goals inside 30 yards. You can live with missing a 50-yard field goal from time to time, but when you're being paid the way he's being paid, you got to hit those 50-yard field goals, and you certainly have to hit extra points, and you absolutely need to hit chip shot field goals. Um, This team is getting 30 yards or, or 30 points a game right now from their offense. They could be getting 40, but Jason Sanders was doing his job. So. Biggest disappointment of the year. Congrats to Jason Sanders. The other one, this goes to a guy who hasn't played one snap for the Miami Dolphins here in 2022, uh, yet he's getting paid like he's playing every single snap. And of course, I'm talking about Byron Jones, the other very talented, oft injured, much maligned, yet still hopeful that he can come back cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. um, Just a tough thing, man. I mean, look, nobody wants to be this award. Winner. Nobody, Jason Sanders isn't going out there and purposely kicking, you know, bad balls going, Ooh, I hope I get an award for this. No, they're trying hard. They're trying their best, I would assume. And uh, it's just not working out for them. But uh, Byron Jones is another one. He's injured. I'm not quite sure exactly how it happened, but this went from he might miss the first four weeks to he may never play for the Miami Dolphins again. I mean that's you look at that contract and you look at the fact that he he's still not back. And uh, I, I I doubt very seriously that he will be here at least with that contract number next year. Uh, but Byron Jones, you know his his absence has probably more than any other on the defensive side of the ball uh, hindered uh, Josh Boyer's plan for this defense here in twenty twenty two to the point where we had to go out and uh, shore up the borders with Bradley Chubb, gave him a first round pick to go get him. Um, and that's okay. You go do that for somebody like Bradley Chubb, but, uh, you have to do that because Byron Jones isn't healthy. Byron Jones isn't progressing and Byron Jones isn't on the field to get you, to let you play the defense that you really wanted to play this year. So, uh, congratulations, I guess, again, to Byron Jones and Jason Sanders. Um, I would imagine if we had an actual podium and a stage for them to accept this award, that Byron Jones wouldn't make it up there to get it. And Jason Sanders would probably drop it off the stage. So, um, maybe best to make, let me mail that to you guys. So, uh you guys will get the biggest disappointment award. Let's move on, something more positive, something that uh, I think we can all agree on is it, 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 the play of the year so far. Now, we have 7 games yet to play. There might be something that happens that goes, "Oh my gosh, that's uh that's way better of a play than uh than what we saw," but uh, I am going to go with the second Tyreek Hill touchdown in that Baltimore Ravens game. And the second one, if you remember, is Tua Tagovailoa dropping back and throwing it on the far side of the field to Tyreek Hill, who uh, grabs that ball, drops the deuces, and runs it in to tie the game, if I'm not mistaken, against those Baltimore Ravens in that epic fourth quarter comeback against a very strong Baltimore Ravens team. Um, that play happened, and my jaw hit the floor. It was like, okay, I get it. This is what Tyreek Hill does for this team. This is the offense that we dreamed about here in uh, South Florida ever since Dan Marino retired. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa can get the ball to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is going to be that guy that catches the ball, gets yak, and then throws it back in your face. That, to me, epitomized the Miami Dolphins' offensive play. That one was amazing. Um, I I don't think anybody who watched that live or uh, on videotape, as the kids say, um, old kids, would – Disagree with me that that was the play of the year so far. Um, we have seven games. We could see something top that. But uh, to me, at the end of the year, when I look back, whatever the end result is of this season, that's going to be one of the highlights for sure. So congratulations to Tua Tagovailoa, Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, and the entire Miami Dolphins offense for the play of the year so far. The second touchdown to Tyreek Hill against the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth quarter of that epic game uh worst play of the year now uh we just talked about being positive and here I am dropping the worst play of the year and i have to say to me that worst play of the year got to be that hit that Tua Tungvarolo took against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night mm-hmm. um make what you will about his injury against the Buffalo Bills but that game on primetime as we had all this positive momentum uh really deflated the entire team Deflated the fans, it allowed the national media to pounce. We had to deal with bullshit for about four weeks when it came to Tua Uh, Not to mention the fact that that hit, to me, was borderline illegal and um, obviously injured. Tua uh, hurt him quite well with a brain injury. Um was scary to see and was not the outcome that anybody anticipated uh, happening uh, when when that game started. So uh, the worst play of the year, of course, has got to go to that injury uh, for Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, in terms of actual execution of a play, to me, <laughs> Jason Sanders missing a 29-yard field goal, as, as silly and trivial as it sounds, is is just mind-numbingly stupid. And uh, that, that is your runner-up for worst play of the year, is just a missed field goal. Um, but yeah, that Tua Tungavailoa play, worst play of the year, and I'm hoping... Um, nothing tops that because that seemed like the lowest of lows for all of us involved. And finally, the big one, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think there's any secret here, but the team MVP, the most valuable player. Um, you've seen Tyree Kill clean up. He's got two awards so far this year, and um that's where it's gonna stay because I am gonna give this to number one, to Uno, to him, Mr. Tua Tangobailoa. Uh, he could win comeback player of the year. He could win all kinds of awards. He may win league MVP. He's in that conversation. I think right now it's basically him and Patrick Mahomes and everyone else is in third p- place. Uh, but in terms of team MVP so far, Tua Tungabailoa. Uh, this this guy, when he plays this season, the Miami Dolphins do not lose. Um, that's why he's team MVP over Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill played in those games where Tua Tungabailoa wasn't available. He had the stats. They look good, but we lost those games. We lost to the Jets. We lost to the Vikings. We lost to the Bengals. We did not lose when Tua Tagovailoa came back. We did not lose before Tua Tagovailoa got injured. Um, and at the end of the day, wins aren't just a QB stat, but it's pretty important, is it not? I mean, if you want your team to go anywhere, you got to win games. And uh, it's hard to to look at this and say anything other than Tua Tagovailoa is a winner. You know, we almost have a full season. Like basically the last 16, 17 games, he's like 15 and 2 <laughs> as a starter. And this season he's basically undefeated uh when he is in the game. Uh, you know, the, the Bengals game, of course, he went out. We lost that game. Didn't play against the Vikings, didn't play against the Jets. Those those become losses. Everything else is a win. So uh, you got to credit to a He is the team MVP so far this season. Uh, he's got a lot of help from his friends. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Raheem Mostert now, Jeff Wilson Jr. now, um, unsung heroes like Trent Sherfield, uh, Alec Ingold, that offensive line with Teron Armsett and Connor Williams leading the way has been fantastic. Fan, absolutely fantastic. Uh, not a whole lot you can change about this Miami Dolphins offense to make it run better, at least as far as I can tell. Um, but it doesn't run at all without Tua tunga And we saw that. We witnessed that. We had that experience earlier this season when he was injured. Now that he's back. Not only did he not pick up where he left off, I mean, he, he, he like warped like Mario Brothers. He went through the tunnel and came out at the end of the level, like at the finish line. I mean, this guy is just playing on another planet right now. Uh, and that's why he is Miami Dolphins team MVP so far this season. So, congratulations to Tua loa and all your award winners here in the town of Perfectville. And that's it for the award show. So, uh, Stay for the after party. Enjoy yourselves. Have a little cocktail, some cocktail weenies. And that's going to do it for the award show, ladies and gentlemen. And that's going to do it for the show. The town of Perfectville, Sam Marcoux, Chris Cullen, on assignment. Part of the Believe Network. Streaming on Sirius XM and TuneIn Radio. Presented by betonline.ag. Enjoy the week off. Pressure-free football this Sunday. You know, maybe get reconnected with the family. Uh, You got no football? take advantage of that Miami Dolphins go uh, go do something with the family or or you know I don't know watch that Jets game watch the uh watch the Bills game root against them see what happens but uh, the Miami Dolphins first place in the AFC East number 2 in the AFC overall number 1 in all of our hearts uh but on the on uh, on behalf of the on assignment Chris Cullen as well as myself the entire believe network again presented by betonline.ag the only thing left to say is goodbye from perfect bill Later.